0: in Poland uh, today, um, Dr. Wilson is there and several from his church, so uh, they are doing the day, day camp uh, at a refugee camp for kids that are there,
1: for Polish kids, and there's two people from uh, Russia, actually, that's going to be their Christians that they've worked with for years, so y'all pray for them.
0: Amen. And also in Haiti, for the Prince, uh, there's a lady and her child who... Uh, that
1: was
2: in a compound uh, that uh, was kidnapped yesterday. So please remember them. Anyone else? Um, yes, yes, I was thinking, Don was, was hoping that he would be able to be here today. Uh, I guess the weather's just a little too bad. And maybe, hopefully you don't feel too bad. Remember our little Ezekiel that's still developing
1: and uh, well, supposed to make his appearance Thanksgiving day, man. You
2: saw the rent yesterday, yes? Yeah. We got a little bit of a car problems, he, he went to visit his brother named Charles and said, He's in his last days. Remember me, she's still. Um. Brother Kenneth, would do you do you mind taking take us to the Lord in prayer? Thank you. Heavenly Father, just thank you for this opportunity to worship here in your house. Thank you, thank thank you, you for me. the requests. You, you, you remember all of them. Just lift up their families and be a comfort to them. Just give the pastor a word to say. Yes. Just thank you for everyone who helps out in this church, that's got our hearts and thoughts, to place a heads of protection around. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. Amen. You might be seated. Let's do 167, and then we'll turn to Brother Rod.
1: Blessings just keep on going. Yes, I It's could. good to be here this morning. Um, as I was thinking about this time uh, through the week, I kind of had something in mind. I thought I might go with all week, and uh, um, yesterday kind of changed, and I read something else and got thinking along another line. Um, and my thought was, um, why don't we go to church? Why don't we come here? Why don't we assemble? And um, uh, I heard a preacher this morning even talking about it. So I thought, oh, well, wow, that's interesting. And uh, um, his uh, his scripture was from uh, Psalm 33. And I get to that. Um, uh, it's a, to me, this Psalm 33 is kind of a, a call to worship. Uh, you want to turn to it, uh, I'll be reading part of it here in a minute. Um, but I just got thinking that... I feel like when I come to church here, there's a purpose for coming here. Sure. I don't come just to feel two hours of Sunday out of duty. Uh-huh. I, I kind of want to be here, you know, sure. or just uh, yeah. get up in the morning and, and have a little breakfast and, and maybe study over my lesson a little and what I'm gonna do and and, and um, get ready to go to church. and um, So, You know, as as I was thinking about that, I read this chapter, uh, Psalm 33, and it said, Rejoice in the Lord, uh, for praise is comely and upright. And I, I looked that word up, comely. I had always, I guess, had the wrong impression of what that word was. I thought it was something just kind of plain and ordinary and not extravagant or anything like that. But I looked up the biblical meaning of comely And it is uh, becoming what is suitable and graceful. So uh, if you read that in that context, uh, rejoice in the Lord, O you righteousness, for praise is comely. It's becoming. It's suitable. Amen. And it's graceful to do that. It it honors the Lord that we we come in the right place frame of mind right manner. It says, praise the Lord with a heart singing unto him the soft, uh, with a soffery and an instrument of ten strings. It instructs us I guess another another way it was phrased one time in, in Psalms was make a joyful noise. It, it instructs us to to praise him with song. To praise him with the instruments we have. Uh, it says a ten uh, an instrument of ten strings, and I don't know what that would be, uh, what it would have been at that time. Um, Elizabeth used to have a bowed psaltery that had multiple strings, and she would play it with a bow like a, like a violin. But um, whatever, whatever instruments he's blessed us with, I think he, he's honored if we use them to his glory. Amen. Um, sing unto him a new song. Play skillfully with a loud noise. And to me, that tells us to be bold. Not to, um, you know, not just to come in and mouth the words, sing the words, and, and play with uh, boldness that, that um, the sound would go out in his praise and his honor. Um, it says, For the word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. He loveth righteousness and judgment. The earth is full of the goodness of the Lord. Uh, by the word of the Lord were the heavens made and all the host of them by the breath of his mouth. He gathered the waters of the sea together as an heap. He led up the uh, depths and storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of, inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. And, and how can we not stand in awe of him? When we look around... Um, Look at something as simple as a tree, a a rose bush, a single sunflower growing out there in the field somewhere. How can we not look at that and just be in awe that He created that? He just spoke it and it happened. Um, For He he spake and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The Lord bringeth the counsel of the heathen to naught. He maketh the devices of the people of none effect. The counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. Get this one. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he hath chosen for his own inheritance. The Lord looketh from heaven, and behold all the sons of men. From the place of his habitation he looketh upon the inhabitants of the earth, he fashioned their hearts alike. He considered all their works. There is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. A horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, uh, upon them that hope in his mercy, to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waiteth for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. Our heart will rejoice in Him because we have trusted in His holy name. Let Thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we have hope in Thee. And and as you notice, all of the things that He mentioned here were not things of, uh, of, of, of uh, something we've attained, something we've worked hard for. Um, it's not something that you know that's not what he's promising and guaranteeing us that we'll we'll have everything we want but he promises that we'll have the things that'll that'll satisfy us and make us uh content and happy um uh, you know it's just um i don't know sometimes i have a hard time just coming up with words um this, this Pastor that I saw this morning was talking about the things that we tend to put our trust in. And, and they're not bad things. They're not bad things at all. And he said, Trust in education and you will get what an education can give you. Right. Uh-huh. He said, Trust in money and you'll get what money can give you. Uh-huh. Right. Trust in power and will give you what power can give you. Uh, trust in your own strength. And it will fail. And and he went on to kind of a little comedic end to it. He goes, "We work all of our life to accumulate all this stuff, and we put it in place, and we keep it, and we and we and we look at it, we pride it. I've worked and got that. And then when we die, somebody will have a yard sale. <laughs> and at the end of the day, they'll tally it up, and they will be fifty-three dollars and sixteen cents <laughs> worth." Uh, that was just his way of kind of ending that, that little thought that he has there about the, the things that we accumulate and the, and the things that we spend our time uh, trying to, to acquire. It's going to come naught, but um, the things that the Lord provides for us, um, those things are the things that will settle in our heart. and they, They'll be the things that will stay with us and satisfy us uh, even to the end. So as we, as we think about that, let's just remember that you know, we come here to worship and praise Him and to sing songs and to honor and to, and to do it in a uh, calmly fashion, uh, an honorable fashion. So as we do that and look on this place and look on the other churches around where people come to do the same thing. We're not the only place that does this, y'all. Thank goodness we're not. Um, but um, as, as we do these things, let's just keep in mind that this is privilege afforded us by God, and this country that we live in is is got problems, y'all. It's got big problems. Sure. But I'm still proud that I was born in America. That it is a place where we can still do this, and that uh, uh, we can do it without the threat of, uh, of being uh, imprisoned or killed, or uh, you know, I know you. you you hear the things where occasionally there's somebody that goes into church and does bad things, but um, as a rule, that's not the case. There's, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of services where that don't happen. So, uh, I, I tend to try to look over the good side of things and, and think that uh, everything I hear on the news is not gonna happen to me tomorrow, even though they try to make you think that. Yeah. And uh, just, uh, uh, just kinda of keep our minds straight that that um, the newspaper are doing their job uh, when they say there's 200 million people in the United States under a heat alert right now. Well, it's July and August, and you know it's it's hot. On, it's hot in in the, in the States, and we have a hot times. So let's don't get too alarmed about the things of the world and things that we don't have to throw over, but. Uh, we, can, uh, we can find comfort in the things that uh, God provides for us. Mm-hmm. Anyone got a, a word before we take their classes? We can pray for rain.
0: Yeah. Somebody did that. <laughs> um, there was an old saying
1: that said um, that um, the uh, rain dance that people used to do that the, um, the event of rain after that was uh, how did they phrase that? Something like Uh, Timing had a lot to do with it, (laughs) not not the dance, but the timing of the rain coming. had a lot to do with if the dance was successful or not. Anyway, uh, we'll take our classes at this time.
3: Y'all can fellowship for about forty more minutes, and I'll get out of this.
1: Yeah, I confession. I knew this lesson was coming up, so I got to see
3: Yeah, I want that on record. How mean and malicious he is. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, we'll have to buckle up and take the scripture as it comes. Um, we know about the good news. But in order for it to be good news, we have to know about the bad news. And while we won't walk away happy, we ought to walk away thankful that we escaped what we're about to talk about. Romans chapter number 1, verse number 18. I am going to go back for just a minute, and I won't take too long because I will do what I was asked to do. But in the previous two verses in... 16 and 17 Paul says for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth to the Jew first and also to the Greek for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith Um, I find it interesting that Paul kept it in the negative he didn't go and say I'm proud of the gospel he said I am not Ashamed of the gospel. And he talks about this is how God revealed his righteousness. And then it almost seems like Paul goes in a totally different direction, but he does not. He reminds us that if, in order for this to be good news, we have to know what the bad news is. But my question is, what is the gospel? It is the most simple most difficult thing you will ever re- wrestle with, and I will not accept the answer the good news. What is the gospel?
0: Revelation
3: of Jesus Christ. He gives. Okay. We have, go ahead. It is the power of God and the salvation. Okay. We have our answers of how we would describe the gospel. But Paul puts it as simple as it can be. And, and when I say simple, don't get me wrong. This is it, it's one of the most difficult things you'll wrestle with. But in 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, verses 1 through 8. 1 Corinthians chapter number 15, 1 through 8. Paul writing to the Corinthians says, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received and wherein you stand, by which also ye are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received how that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. And that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of about five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all he was seen of me as one born out of due time. The gospel is that Jesus came. That he died for our sins according to the scriptures. Paul would have been talking about the Old Testament. Uh, Those Pharisees that would would, uh, come at him with this evidence would say, no, I'm I'm, I'm teaching you from the book that you've known from your youth that this is the gospel, that Christ came, he died, and he rose again, that he made himself known for us. And that is what Paul is reminding them of when he says that God has revealed his righteousness from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith and then he talks about the wrath of God and this is where the world balks against Christianity the world has no problem that Jesus loves people and that God loves people um If all we did was go around and talking about how God loved everybody, we could all get along just fine. It was Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's where the problem is because we have a problem because God is wrathful. What do you think about when you think of wrath? Punishment.
2: Anger. I think about the blood.
3: (laughs) Not God's wrath, but what do you think about when you think of wrath? Just what comes to mind. I think about the father who maybe whips his kids a little too hard in his anger. And that's not the wrath that we're talking about here. God is not a human being. God is, in all of his attributes, perfect. We love to proclaim his love, and he's perfect in his love. And the world would say, how, what's, what's the question? How can a good God send people to hell? And I like what Vodie Bauckham said. He's this big African-American preacher. He, he taught theology. And he said, one of his students stood up and asked that question. He said, I will not answer your question until you ask it the right way. He said, The question is not how could a good God send somebody to hell, it's how could a righteous God forgive sinners. And when you ask it that way, when we get the view of who God really is, my dad does this and it drives me nuts. He says, Oh, the big man upstairs. He's not the big man upstairs. He's not the Santa Claus sitting on the porch. He's the creator of all the world. He's so far above what we can think. And it's hard for us to come to this scripture for the wrath of God. We, we don't like to, to toss that at God, but it's there. And I would like to run from this scripture as far as I could. I wanted to go back to 16 and 17 and take the whole time to do that. But we can't run from it. Because it's true. The Bible says that the wrath of God. It is the punitive and vindicatory reaction. Legitimate and controlled. Yet awesomely emphatic of God the righteous judge to unrighteousness in his human creatures. Up to the present, the expression of God's anger and wrath has had the purpose of drawing sinners to repentance and conversion. In the end, that will not be the case. And what we want to do is we want to take wrath and we want to throw it all the way to the book of Revelation and we want to deal with it there. God's wrath began in Genesis chapter number 3. Go back to Genesis chapter number 3. I don't know how far we'll get, Michael. So, <laughs> But God, we know, verse number 1, verse number 2, He creates all things. He places Adam in the garden, and He gives Adam a command. One command. Do not touch the tree for the knowledge of good and evil. And... He gives Adam graciously gives Adam a wife, and we don't know how long they stayed in the garden. we don't know what all they did. their only job was to tend the garden and to just live in this paradise. And the serpent comes, which we know as Satan, and in verse uh, chapter number. 3 Verse number 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made, and he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be open, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, what we want to do is we want to say it was the devil's fault. But it wasn't. Listen to what the Bible says. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired, to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. It was her own desire that led her to eat of the fruit. And I'm not picking on the ladies because the command was given to the man. All of those scriptures in this Bible are true. Wives, obey your husbands. But don't stop there. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church, which, bad news, fellas, means you've got to die for her. Everything that God said was true. But we want to push it off on someone else. And James does not give us that option. I want you to listen how many times someone says, the devil made me do it. I've got news for you. There are times when the devil attacks you, but most of the time it is our very own desires that calls us to sin. The Bible says that the wrath of God was revealed not in Revelation, but in Genesis. The wrath of God sent Adam and Eve out of the garden. The love of God placed an angel there so that they could not get back in and find themselves in that position. The wrath of God happened then, It happened with Noah. It happened all the way through now, through Romans where he's writing and it's going to happen all the way until the end of time. If you ask me what happens at the end of time, I don't know. And then it will be revealed once again for a final time. But it is revealed. It has been uncovered. And We can just be thankful that we live, as we do, under Christ's wing. Amen. I got news for you. Judgment's not coming to America. Judgment has come to America. As we'll find out as we go through Romans. But this, is not, this is not going to be happy. We're not going to go away smiling. I'm sorry. But he talks about the righteousness of God, and then he reminds us. That the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against what? All. And then he takes these two terms. He says, ungodliness and unrighteousness. Ungodliness, you can boil it down to this. It is not giving honor to God who is due all of the honor that He's due. Because he's God. Not because we agree with him, not because we like what he said in his book, but because of who he is. All ungodliness. Now that works its way out in unrighteousness. That's what I do to you, Chris. Man to man as I wrong you in some way. That works its way out. But God reveals his wrath and he has throughout time against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. And what we, what we like to do is say, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know. There's a, and I'm going to probably butcher that. I wish Marilyn was out here. There's a Latin term. Ignorantia juris nominum excusat. Ignorance. Of the law is no excuse. Because as we're going to find out, this is evident. It's not hidden somewhere. It's not like that God hid the speed limit marker somewhere and then got you because you didn't go the speed limit. That's not what it is. You didn't seek out God. For the wrath of God is revealed. From heaven against all ungodliness and all unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. And what this means is that they suppress the truth. They restrain the truth. They restrict the truth. They hold the truth. What truth? What truth are we speaking of here? Because if it's only this Bible, then anybody that has never seen a Bible is safe. If there are innocent people, we say that, what about the innocent person over there? If we say that, then why are we going over there? They're innocent. Leave them alone. Let's not take the gospel over there because they could reject it. But we're going to find out that no one has an excuse. No one can use I didn't know. Because God has revealed himself to us. And I think internally we know based on what we see, based on all of this stuff. They suppress the truth. How? In unrighteousness. We're just going to go on and do... the only. The, I, I, I believe this. The only sin, if you boil it down to it, to the very root of it, is idolatry. Genesis. She saw that it was good and said... I can make better decisions than he can. I'll be my own God. All of it, I believe, boils back down to that. We know what the scriptures say. Why do we do the things that we do even though we know it's wrong? Because I want to. Because I know better than God. Did God really say... And that's what we've tried to do now is we've tried to take teaching that has stood from time to time to time to time to time and we say, well, God didn't really mean that. He meant this. I'll never apologize for what this book says. Yeah. Now, I will say we could do a better job of exhibiting love to the world. But I like what Alistair Begg said. He said... I believe it because my master told me so. So I can't bend the scripture based on what you need. Because you need the scripture. Why? Because the wrath of God is revealed from heaven. Now luckily we also know, and blessedly we also now I'll change the way I say that. John three sixteen is still there. Amen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son so that none should perish. And this is how we know that we are all guilty. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them. For God has sho- it unto them. He has showed it unto them. He, he, it's not like he, he made this big secret. He is invisible. We can't see him. But we can look at the things that he created and just the natural laws of the world and no. Now we may not know every th- he didn't reveal every single thing about himself but we can look around and go hmm this is not by chance. He said and, and I was reading that's where the agnostic is actually worth in the, a- the atheist to say I don't have enough evidence to believe no, no, you do. Look at how wonderful this, and we like to focus on the negative, as Roger said. We, we like to focus on the kids that get hurt or people that get kidnapped, but look how beautiful a world we live in. Amen. And when my daughter and my son was born, how can you not? believe in God. Now we may need to argue which God we're talking about. But everything points to God. Because that which may be known of God is manifest. It's not hidden. For God has it unto them. For the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. Being understood by the things that are made. And this is what He revealed. Even His eternal power and Godhead. Have you ever noticed what he created in Genesis? Everything he created was for man. We like to skip over where God on the seventh day rested. Do we think he went and took a nap? Even that was for us. He is an inexhaustible being. He did not need rest, but he knew that we would. He knew that we would like Beef and chicken and all of, he knew all of those things. He knew we would need the sun and the moon. He knew that we would need it this many hours a day. He knew that we would need to rest. He knew that our bodies would need to do certain things to heal itself. Everything he made, he made for us. And it revealed his eternal power and his Godhead. And that alone makes us without excuse. Amen. How did you
1: reveal the Godhead in creation?
3: A lot. I mean, there's a lot of things in threes.
1: All, all kinds of things are threes. <coughs> Solid, liquid gas. You can just present, past, future. I mean, creation is covered up in the number three.
3: And what we want to do is we want to say, I didn't have enough evidence or that's not fair or any time you come to God, <coughs> And you try to figure it out with your little mind. It's not going to make sense. That's like the whole, and maybe you know what I'm talking about, Calvinism, Arminianism, all of that kind of stuff. Whether God does this, or that, and the other. I've come to the realization that if that is the way that it is, no matter how I feel about it, God is perfect. And I'll just have to rest in that now I'm not a Calvinist
1: now, how do you rest in that through what means do you rest in that? it's got to be faith, faith.
3: yes I mean it, it is it's
1: got to be faith.
3: but it's not blind faith
1: the things that I don't understand of the Bible I believe
3: mm-hmm.
1: by faith I heard my dad well, so, someone asked my dad one time about something in the Bible and a I man said so I don't quite believe that verse that's that just not, uh, you know, I just don't think that's possible. I don't think I can believe it. And my dad looked at him and he said, if you don't believe that verse, you might as well put your book away. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't believe it, then, you know, if you pick and choose what you believe, then you just throw it away. Because he said, if it's not, if all of it's true, you can't trust any of it. No. He said, it's true.
3: But it's also not blind faith.
1: We got a Cullman on Highway 47, got a Hansel on Highway 47. And in Lane T there's a tree out there, middle of a pasture, on kind of a little knoll that I call the perfect tree. It's an oak tree. And it, it comes up, and it's got almost a perfectly round canopy. And in the spring it's pretty and green, in the summer it's dark, in the fall it turns brown, in the winter it doesn't have a leaf on it. And every time I look at that tree, I see God. I don't I'm not a tree hunter. If that tree needed to be cut for some reason, okay. you know what I mean? I'm not I'm not worshiping the creation. But the creator made a tree just that perfect, just by one little acre that a squirrel or a Wood paper or something dropped out there in the middle of that field. And, 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 you know, if you can't see God in the creation, then there's just something wrong. Yeah. And like I said, no worse than creation. I love the Smoky Mountains. Uh, I know that that they won't will, they will burn in time. You know, in time. They'll be, they'll be destroyed in the rest of the world. But just to see the things that are here and not believe that God did it you know, I just don't understand it. And like you said, see a baby born, a new life created. Unbelievable. In my mind. But God did it. And I
2: believe it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Through
1: His faith. Through my faith through Him.
2: Ricky, one of the things that is kind of new age is you'll hear people saying it's just uh, kind of like you, your dad saying the big man upstairs. Uh, it, it makes me, it gives me that same feeling. That is my truth. It doesn't matter what your truth is, or it doesn't matter what my truth is. The only truth that matters is God's truth. Mm-hmm. And if, if, Statement is that's what will give you a world of, of deviant behaviors and mental uh, illness and stuff. The, uh, the saying, the believing, it's actually the belief that you can have your own truth because God established truth way back there as humans, we come and go.
1: And, you know, we're, we're blessed with whatever time we have. But when we're gone, it doesn't take long for what we believe to be gone. Uh, when I was a child, everybody around uh, the, the uh, New Lebanon community knew my grandfather. And I bet you there's not five people in that community that know him now. Everybody in Bluntsville used to know my mom and dad. There's still a few people that know mom and dad. They'll, they'll ask me my name, I'll tell them, who is your dad? And I'll tell them they say, oh, I need him, I need him. But in 50 more years, nobody will know my dad, nobody will know me. So, you know, what I espouse as uh, my belief or this that's my thoughts on, them. that's my judgment on that. It's
2: not going to matter. That's what he said is going to matter. That's what's going
3: to stand. And my opinion means nothing.
2: Absolutely. and It really, it bothers me to see people arguing over um, what's going to happen in the future or or what happened in the the, uh, past before um, written history Um, except what the Bible says. Because, and especially two Christians arguing over what's gonna happen on, at the last day, that, that's of Satan. That's just gonna tear you apart. And it doesn't matter what I think about it. It doesn't matter what you think about it. It only, and that's gave me comfort. Uh, we, we sing a song uh, yesterday um, yesterday things were different today they're different again and but i'm holding on to the changeless one and i'm leaning on his god that doesn't change is a comfort he's a bulwark and it gives us something that we can have that's solid in our life and you see people that, that don't want to uh, acknowledge that, and they're blown what, around by every wind, every social media thing that comes across. Um, and, you know, and that's why they're not, they're, and that steals the mm-hmm.
3: Well, it doesn't get any better from here. Um, if he wants me to teach next Sunday I will do it Um, because it is it's truth Uh, whether we like it or not truth is truth and we have to take it all we can't pick and choose what we like so it don't get any better till after chapter three I think Yes. The, the fact that there's, there's no excuse for any uh, isolation. Yes. We were created Correct. And, but the ones, like you say, that are over
1: there, that have not heard the gospel, that have no clue, that right. are completely ignorant, that God is going to
3: deal with them. Hang on. Period. Can I stop you right there? Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: you said something okay. that the Bible does not allow us to say. They're not completely ignorant.
1: Right. But it's something that happens between I know. So we believe that God's gonna deal with all of us at some point, whether we have literally heard these words.
3: My advice would be to search the scripture for everything you have ever heard okay. and see if it's there.
0: Love you.
3: Because unfortunately, a lot of things we say we've been taught, and they're not, it's not there. I sure. You know,
1: our, uh, we believe in the great missionary. Yes. He wants And the people
0: to share the truth with them. But the fact is, there's never been a missionary go
2: anywhere.
1: They were not worshiping something.
3: Yes. Yeah.
1: Because, because of just what this uh, scripture has told us, and that is God's very creation. Testimony. So just as the Jews had a zeal for God, but it was not according to God. Mm-hmm. And every people, every lost tribe, every undiscovered people, before we found worshiping something but it's not according to knowledge. That's what we
2: share, but the creation has testified. So people know there's, there's a God somewhere. Yeah.
3: And let me say this. None of this is easy. This ought to make you go home and weep. Because I like what uh, there's a psychologist i listen to. He does a podcast, and he said that somebody asked a religious man, and I don't remember of what denomination or whatever, but they asked him, how can you believe in God when you see all of this stuff going on? And he said, my question is not where is God. My question is where are God's people? I said, that's what
1: bothers me when yes. we think about that we're all, all.
3: Yes. Yes. Whether
1: you've heard these words or not.
3: Yes. It,
1: it's to the ones that do believe that have heard the words, have the words
3: in our hands to get to them. Yeah. The best that we can. Now, if you want to argue whether God can reveal Jesus, like we could, we could sit down and talk about that. But it is our responsibility. And when I say our, I don't mean the preacher. Huh. Quote, unquote, the preacher. It is our responsibility to carry the gospel to the ends of the earth. That's what Matthew 28 was about. Because they're without excuse. And this is not easy. And I don't want to push your question off.
1: No, it is great. It <laughs> yes. level to me of what mm-hmm. missionary work is. Yes. Like,
2: completely. Yes. But really, this is in God's hands.
3: Yes, yes. it is. And, and you, you've got to understand
2: that just because somebody doesn't worship the same way we do uh is that they're crossways with god and um you know like chris said e- every missionary that got somewhere has um, found people that was worshiping something. yeah and as Michael's sister says it's not my day or your day to run the universe and do not shorten God's reach and uh, those things I I just don't I don't think we can understand because God's ways are so much higher than ours and he's got a plan
3: I'm trying to hurry but I got one I got one more thing even the child that is just born has no excuse. We call them sweet and innocent, but they're not. Bakum called them vipers in a diaper. <laughs> it is only by God's grace I believe they are safe until a certain point. And it is only by God's grace. It is not because they did not have an excuse. Or it's not because they had an excuse. So yes this is this is tough stuff to wrestle with and this is I think ultimately what leads some people to realize I was never saved to begin with or they say they were and they just walked away it's hard it's very very hard so be sure what you believe and why you believe it and that you have scriptural evidence to back it up and ultimately You leave it in God's hands, but it doesn't give you the excuse not to do what God told you to do. Um, Like I said, there's some things I'm not going to understand, but I trust that He's perfect and righteous and all of those things. And then if I go down, I'll go down holding on to Him. So I'll stop. Um, Good lesson. Yes, I and I tied that to the other scripture. You can't have one without the other.